Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. This is Josh Carlson with Hilltop Community Church, and today we will be joining Don Bauman as he wraps up the final message in our current series titled Hope. Today we will be discussing the hope that God's love provides for today, tomorrow, and all of eternity. So open your Bibles up to Psalm 103 and follow along with us as we get started. that you had a wonderful Christmas yesterday. Uh, we had a, um, we went over to one of Michelle's sister's houses and kind of fixed dinner and brought it with us. And then we had a, uh, before that, we had a Zoom with our, our girls in New York and, and Oregon. So, uh, so we had a virtual gathering. Um, it, it seems like the, the gatherings, they, they go through stages as, uh, as we get older, right? There's the time when there's a infants or toddlers and they are the center of attention. I mean, it, the whole day revolves around them, right? And uh, then as they get a little older, it's so much fun to watch them get excited and open presents and that kind of thing. But then they they sit at uh, a separate table often, you know, so that the adults can have some adult conversation and tell their stories, right? And, and you have stories that you've heard from uh, relatives of uh, Maybe dozens of times, but it's fun to hear them again, right? And then the kids uh, sit at the table and they go through that teenage phase where they kind of roll their eyes when they've uh, heard the story a hundred times, right? Oh, come on, Dad, you have to tell it again. And uh, then they become adults who want to hear those stories. And then we get to the point where we wish the people who told those stories were still there to tell them one more time. So, uh, you know, th those, those stories that we share and maybe have heard dozens of times, they're part of the bond that we have as, as a family. And through those, through those shared experiences, there is something deeper that is forged, that, uh, that there's an assurance that we're loved, that we have an identity with our family, and that, and that we're important, we're, we're valued, we're noticed. And everyone needs those things. They need love. They need a, a, an identity that's unshakable. And uh, they need to know that we need to know that our lives are significant. They're important to somebody. They, they matter uh, beyond the moment in which we live. Now, um, the harsh reality, you know, and we don't like to hear this too often, but the harsh reality is that we will probably be forgotten by most people in our lives. I uh, had the chance to meet my great-grandparents when I was very young, and I remember them. I, I have a visual of, of them, uh, but I can't say as I knew them really well, but I think of it, and I think of my, you know, our daughters and our grandkids, they don't know their great-great-grandparents at all. And they're part of the, the family. But, you know, we all want to be remembered. And our hope, though, is not to make a name for ourselves, but to know Jesus. Because he's the only one who truly remembers. And that's where our hope lies. Not just for 2022, but beyond that. For discovering true love an unshakable identity, and a lasting significance to our lives. 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, we are just in awe of you. We bow before you. And we thank you for um, the reminder of this psalm for all the things that you have done, are doing, and will do for us. And we want to respond with that joyful worship and showing your love to others. So encourage us through this psalm. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, our theme has been hope uh, through the, the Christmas season. And I think you can see pretty easily uh, as we look at Psalm 103 that this is our hope is in God now and heading into the future. So you can read along with me while I, uh, um, while I read Psalm 103 for you. My soul, praise Yahweh, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. My soul, praise the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your sin. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with goodness. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and rich in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes and its place is no longer known. Literally, its place remembers it no more. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him and his righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, all his angels of great strength who do his word, obedient to his command. Praise the Lord, all his armies, his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works in all the places where he rules. My soul, praise Yahweh. Now, David begins by uh, just Praising the Lord and to praise the Lord means to bow the knee before him and uh, uh, it, just to humble ourselves out of love and awe uh, of who God is. And it reminds me of the response of the shepherds and the magi at uh, Jesus birth and his infancy and, and later those who approached Jesus and asked a, uh, a miracle of him. Some of them bowed before him. And then there was the disciples 
angels, uh, Mary Magdalene, and then the disciples when they saw Jesus, when he had been raised from the dead. I'm sure when we see him personally, we'll be doing good if we're on our knees. I'm sure we'll be flat on our faces before him. And, and David says, all that is within me, Praise his holy name. Uh, he is worshiping from the inmost being, the deepest part of him. Now, our worship team does an excellent job of leading us in worship, but they can't worship for us. That happens in our heart. And the more we appreciate who Jesus is, I think the more sincere our response of worship will be. And in verses two through five, David says, remember all of God's benefits for us. And uh, he's, in fact, he says, remember in the whole psalm, he says, remember his benefits, his actions and his character. And there's so many reasons to praise him. And um, the word benefit literally means paybacks. Now, I'm sure all of us have known, and maybe it was us before we knew Jesus, right? I've uh, known someone who has carefully planned revenge. Right now, I'm not talking practical jokes, okay? You know, you have a practical joke played on you and you carefully plan a uh, payback, right? That's a little different. It's a little different spirit than, you know, you want to pay someone back for, for being hurt. God doesn't respond that way to us. And that changes our whole, whole heart and attitude when we come to know him. Uh, in fact, the Lord, uh, David goes and he says, he forgives us, he heals us, he redeems us, he crowns us, and he satisfies us. That's not paybacks for what we've done. Not at all. The Lord first, he forgives our sins. That's where a relationship begins. There is no relationship without forgiveness of sin. And that's where uh, a relationship with Jesus needs to start. If you have never trusted in Jesus, if you're trying to be right, uh, good enough in yourself, um, this is a spoiler alert. It doesn't work. Okay? We all know that. And, and you want to trust Jesus because he has paid the price completely for our sins. And he's made the opportunity for us to have a relationship with him. And so we don't need to live in guilt and defeat because our sins have been forgiven once and for all. The Lord heals our diseases. Literally, it means all manner of diseases. Any healing that takes place, Jesus has his hand in it. He can heal with, uh, with just a word. He can heal through doctors and medicines. Um, not every disease is healed in this life because our bodies are the last thing to be redeemed. But any healing that takes place, Jesus is definitely involved. We don't want to fall for that, oh, you're, you're going to be healthy and wealthy and all of that, right? Uh, if, if you believe in Jesus. Um, he ransoms our life from the pit. Now, the pit is the grave. Now, it, it, the word ransom is amazing. All of us, Micah was talking about, you know, a little friction at the Christmas dinner table. And, you know, uh, there might be, there just might be someone in, 
in your family who kind of rubs everyone the wrong way, who knows how to say the wrong thing at the right time, you know? Uh, that was us. That was each one of us. And Jesus stepped forward before we were even part of his family. And he did everything necessary to, to make it so that we can have a relationship with God. You see, our faith, our fate without Jesus was fearful. It was that pit. We were headed for utter destruction. And Kurt reminded us last week, uh, we, we need to remember the purpose of Christmas. And it's Jesus came to redeem us from our sin because each of us owed a debt that we could never repay. So instead of the pit, instead of spiritual and physical separation from God forever, we have forgiveness and healing. And it says in verse 5, he crowns us with his faithful love. It's like it's given to us as a, as a gift. We, uh, we all got a gift, I'm sure, that we were pretty happy to get yesterday. And, and this is a gift from God. It, it, from, from him, his faithful love, his the Hebrew word is hesed, and it is a beautiful one-word summary of God's character. Now, it talks about God's love and mercy. Uh, it's translated faithful love. It appears four times in this one psalm, but it means so much more than that. You see, we can understand that God would love us if we loved him back. We obeyed him. But has said God's faithful love is extended knowing that we would fail. That love that transforms us from the inside out is a love that only God demonstrates. And it's who he is. It's embodied in Jesus. You want to see God's faithful love? Look at the person of Jesus Christ. That's who he is. And God's faithful love toward us should motivate the way we treat other people for the rest of our lives. Just like the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 4. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the full merciful payment for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another and inspiration for the rest of our lives. In verses six and seven, um, it, it talks about how the Lord acts toward other people and how he motivates us to act as well. The Lord acts in righteousness and justice for those who are oppressed. So anywhere in the world where people are suffering, where they're being exploited, trafficked, abused, ignored, and you don't have to look very far to find people in those positions. That's where you will find Jesus. And that's where Jesus will motivate us to go and serve people in those positions and show his faithful love to them. And um, you just think of, of the many, many opportunities that God's opened up to us as a church body from the, the food truck outreach to um, help 
to those who are hurting. I um, haven't had a chance to share this with you. Um, there's a group of pastors that meet each week in the Carson Valley, and uh, one of the pastors there, Leo Kruger from Valley Christian Fellowship. Uh, if you've ever met him, I've known him for decades, and he, he's a he's a good friend. Um, you could tell when he speaks six words that he's from Kentucky, and uh, his brother-in-law is a deacon in a uh, in a church there in Bowling Green, and so they lived through the whole tornado thing. Well, he mentioned that uh, Valley Christian Fellowship was taking up a collection, and so Hilltop joined into that, along with other churches in the area. And it was almost like an Acts 15 thing, you know, where, where a gift from the Carson Valley went to uh, these people in Kentucky. And um, we were part of, uh, the, the total gift was $23,000. And so uh, that will certainly make a difference. Uh, in the lives of those people. And so, you know, opportunities to help those who are hurting in, in Jesus' name. And, and we've had that, those opportunities around the world. We've uh, sent some funds recently uh, to Lebanon uh, to help with Syrian refugees who are at the bottom of the barrel there uh, economically. And uh, through One Life Africa, we, we help students who are at the the top of their game, scholastically, but who are impoverished. And as we do things like that, as we have opportunities like that, we are responding with the, the faithful love, with the hesed of Jesus. And in verse 7, it says, his ways, his, his deeds were demonstrated to Moses and to Israel. And you just think of their whole experience. God, guide, God did everything for them. He guided them. He provided them with food every day. He, he, he provided sacrifices so that they could be right with him. And all they had to do was trust him and follow him. But think of how they did respond, right? And God still revealed who he is. And I think that David, as he wrote this psalm, had a particular passage in mind. And that was a real low point in um, the whole wilderness experience. It should have been a high point, but it wasn't. It was when Moses had gone up on the mountain and received the Ten Commandments. And remember, while he was gone, the whole nation decided, oh... God, it looks like this golden calf, right? And Aaron had the lamest excuse in the whole world. You think your teenagers are good? Uh, you know, he said, I don't know. It, it, it just, this calf just popped out of the fire. You know, there it was. And, and Moses got so angry and he broke the tablets. And it's like the nation failed before they even knew what the commandments were. Sound familiar? That's our story as well. We just can't do enough to be right with God. And, and so Moses goes up, and I'm sure he felt like a failure, and, and, and the whole nation, it was a mess, and God reveals who he is. And, and this is in Exodus 34, and I'm going to read several verses because it really takes in the whole story. Verses 6 through 9 in Exodus 34. Then the Lord passed in front of Moses and proclaimed, Yahweh. Yahweh is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in faithful love, in hesed, 
and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving wrongdoing, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoing on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. Now, if we stop the story there, that sounds like they're still in a whole lot of trouble. Here's Moses' response. Moses immediately bowed down to the ground and worshiped. Then he said, my Lord, if I indeed have found favor in your sight, my Lord, please go with us. Even though this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wrongdoing and sin and accept us as your possession. And God did, and he does. You see, God's merciful, but he's also holy. Sin has consequences that cannot be swept under the rug. That's kind of the modern way to deal with it. Oh, we're just going to change the definition of sin, and it's just fine. We'll just accept it. No, that isn't the way God deals with it. And, um, but God, only God, could make a way for us to be justified despite our failures. He himself bore the penalty of our sins. He broke the tyranny of sin over us so that now we don't have to live as slaves to sin. And God, the Holy Spirit, lives in us so that we can live a resurrected life now. That's God's faithful love in action. And in verses 8 through 14, uh, David says, remember who God is. In fact, verse 18 sounds an awful lot like that passage in Exodus 34. I think David had it in his mind. The Lord is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, and rich in faithful love, in hesed. Now, he says the Lord's not going to stay angry with us. He, he disciplines us, but he, he's not going to set up a court case for us because... We've been justified through Jesus. And then in verse 10 is one of the greatest understatements in Scripture. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve, nor repaid us according to our offenses. Boy, is that ever true. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's like, and we, we get to appreciate as, as, you know, in our day where we can measure how high the stars are and, and uh, how many light years as high as the, the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. <laughs> you know, fearing God means we stop doing his job. We decide God can be trusted and he can set the direction for our lives. And we're not going to try and do that ourselves any longer. Verse 12, we can, we can travel from north to south, and we probably have. Uh, uh, and, and if you were adventurous enough, you could travel to both poles. But east and west never meet. What a beautiful picture of what God has done for our sins. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Now, when we've agreed with God, when we've confessed our sins, they're gone. They are gone. And the thoughts, those accusing thoughts, 
that recurring guilt. I've known people who have, have said they've, they've just confessed the same sin over hundreds of times in their life. They need to remember this, that east, west, gone. We need practical reminders like that. And God is compassionate toward his children. And we become children of God through faith. That's what the Apostle John said. For as many has received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And God's compassion. He, he, he knows how frail we are. He, he created us out of dust. And he remembers that's what we're made out of, despite our arrogance and stubbornness at times, right? Uh, and dust is the transition to the next big theme in this psalm. Uh, verse 15 begins, as for man, his days are like grass. You see, the... the there is a glory to our lives, but it's only there for a short, short time. Now, um, I don't know whether you've uh, had a chance to hike up in, in the Sierras. Uh, here's what, well, Carson Pass now is under 10 feet of snow, uh, but you go there in July and it'll look like this. There's one of our, our dogs and, uh, you know, it's beautiful. It's stunning. It, it's just amazing the the number of wildflowers and the beauty is it, it'll it'll take your breath away and but you got to catch it because it's only there for a brief time and then it's gone right uh, we there is just a glory to our lives, but it's pretty brief. We're going to see the Winter Olympics in a couple of months. And watching those athletes, it's, it's absolutely stunning to see their skill. And especially if, you know, okay, I like to cross-country ski, but I can't do what those guys do, you know, racing like that. And, but you, you also hold your breath because you realize all those years and years of training and their athletic skill, it could be over just like that. One injury, and it's done. And sometimes that happens, even while you're watching it, right? They, uh, their glory as an athlete is over just that fast. Um, people that have intelligence or good looks, they might attract attention that way. But again, those things fade over time. Now, everybody wants to be remembered. And it's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a positive impact. But sometimes people do some really strange things in order to be remembered. In fact, there is a book, the Guinness Book of World Records. It is full of the sublime to the ridiculous things that people do in order to be remembered. Here's just a few examples that you wouldn't believe. All right, this lady, her name is Lee Redmond. There, Lee, you're remembered. She grew her fingernails for 30 years. Ugh, that kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. I mean, she had to be taken care of. How could she do anything with that? The overall length of her nails were 28 feet, four inches. Huh. Okay. Then there's Ram Singh from India. He had the world's longest mustache at 14 feet from end to end. He must have just curled that thing up. And I don't know how he, how he carried that thing around. And then weirdest of all was a guy named Sandeep from Canada. He balanced a basketball on a toothbrush for one minute 
eight seconds. What? What? First of all, why would you, who would even think to do that? And then to do it and establish a world record? Come on. Okay, so whether people earn their attention for something silly like this, or for their athletic prowess, or their good looks, or their talent, or their vast fortune, or the power that they wield, they usually struggle to maintain that for as long as they possibly can. But sooner or later, eventually, verse 16 happens. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes and its place is no longer known. Its place remembers it no more. They're forgotten. They're forgotten. There's a poem by uh, the British poet Percy Bysshe Shelley, and it kind of captures the irony of people thinking they are so in control and they'll never be forgotten, and the reality of what really happens. It's called Ozymandias. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive stamped on these lifeless things the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal, these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. <laughs> Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. So much for him, right? Remember, though, we all have those deep, deep needs. We all need love. We all need identity and significance. And our attempts to find those apart from God always, always end in disappointment. But in him, we find everything we need and more. God remembers us. People will forget. But God remembers even when we give a, someone a cup of cold water in his name. He's the only one that can give us unconditional love, unchangeable identity, and enduring significance to our lives. In, in verses 17 through 18, it says God's faithful love, his hesed, it, it's not eroded by time. In fact, he stands ready to extend his love and his grace and his mercy to those who fear him. Remember, to those who decide, um, I don't need to do God's job anymore. I can trust him. Okay? And verse 18 reminds us that faith in God has got to be more than lip service. Our trust in him needs to change the direction of our lives. We can't just say, oh, I believe in Jesus and remain exactly the same. That's not faith in Jesus at all. Because remember, God's faithful love is, fa is love that is extended despite our failures, but it doesn't leave us in a state of failure. It changes us from the inside out. And we demonstrate that we've believed in Jesus by that changed life. And Moses understood it. 
He understood what God's love uh, extended after failure looked like. He understood that God would fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. King David, who wrote this psalm, he understood what it was like to be restored after complete and total failure. And, and so our, our faith in Jesus needs to be demonstrated by a changed life. Just like the Apostle James says, faith without works is dead. It's lifeless. There's nothing there. Works without faith is impossible. We can't produce the life of God from our own effort. So our faith needs to be not a sit-on-the-couch faith, but it's a get-out-of-the-boat faith. Remember when Jesus told Peter, get out of the boat? That's the kind of faith that we need to demonstrate where we do things that are absolutely impossible without God empowering us. So our, our faith needs to be that get out of the boat faith. And as we do so, we discover, like Paul said, the righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Uh, that desire to be remembered, that, that yearning for permanence is fulfilled in Jesus and his eternal kingdom. In verse 19, it says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven. Our world is in political turmoil. Jesus' kingdom is not shaken by anything that happens here. Right. And uh, when we believe in Jesus, we instantly recognize his authority. Following it is another story. But but that is the mark of us following him. Right. We we recognize his authority and everyone will recognize it when he returns in glory. And the psalm ends just as it began with David saying, worship God from your inmost being. And he says, uh, worship him, uh, his angels. And his angels and his armies are, are one and the same. Uh, if we could see the spirit world right now, the skies would be filled with angels worshiping and praising Jesus just as they did at his birth. And uh, the angels and armies of God, they follow God's word and do his will. And, and eternity will only reveal the number of times angels of God have intervened in our life. And if we had time and to, to hear each other's stories, I'm sure we would hear of moments when that's happened in, in each of our lives. And... Uh, says, praise the Lord, all his works in all places where he rules. Now, if you think about it, we are God's work. We are his creative handiwork and uh, individually and as a church in all the places he rules. That's our hearts, our homes, this church, any place where believers gather. And that's where to worship him 
And it's so, it's such a beautiful thing when that happens. So we all desire to be remembered in a positive way. But as this psalm reminds us, even the most famous or infamous among us will slowly fade from memory. But being remembered by people is not the same at all as being remembered by God. He is the one who loved us, redeemed us, who pursued us when we were hostile to him. He brought us into his family. He's the one who raised us from the dead now and empowers us to live a new resurrected life with an identity different than the sin that used to dominate our lives. And he's the one that gives our lives significance in this moment of time and beyond and beyond time itself because our lives are not going to fade in eternity. We're going to live with Jesus forever. And that's how we can have an unshakable hope no matter what 2022 has in store for us. And you just don't know. <laughs> now, on a personal note, there, there are certain things that happen in your life like, that are in a category of their own. Like uh, when I married Michelle and became dad to Amay and Renee and Monique and, and a, a grandpa. <clears throat> Those are in a category all their own. But serving as one of your pastors here has been the single honor of my life. And... <clears throat> <laughs> and I want thank you thank you and to our pastors and staff and elders I want to just thank you for your hearts uh, for the Lord and for other people it, it's wonderful to serve the Lord together and to, to be a part of knocking rough edges off each other you know and and I'm here to tell you, you never reach a point where all the rough edges are knocked off, right? Michelle would say amen to that. Um, as our African family in Christ like to say, God has led us this far. They, they take that from 1 Samuel 4 about God, is, he's led us this far and he's going to keep leading us. And Hilltop has a unique opportunity to grow and, and serve. The, the unique opportunity to grow lies in, at this moment in time, Hilltop is composed of families that are younger and those of us who have awakened one day and found ourselves to be older, right? And if, if you are older, your job is to mentor someone who's younger. And if you aren't mentoring someone, find them. Look around and find them because that's what God wants you to do. And that doesn't mean you have to teach them great Bible study. It means you take them out for coffee or you go on a hike or, or a walk or you just listen. You listen to their story and you encourage them in their walk with the Lord. If you're younger, your enthusiasm and energy is meant to energize those who are older. You're to just get all the wisdom you can from those folks, right? And you're to serve them. There's probably going to be a few walks that uh, need to be shoveled. And that will just bless the people who live in those houses. And we've got a unique opportunity to reach out when you think of all the different outreaches, the opportunities that we have. And you think of all the houses that are going to be built this next year. We have the opportunity to reach out with the love 
of Jesus to those people that are going to be living in them and the people that are living here already. And you think of what God is doing around the world and our connection with missionaries. We have the opportunity to be involved with them, maybe even to travel with them. God is on the move in ways that are unprecedented in history right now. And we can be a part of it, and we are. And it's no accident that God has you and the leadership team that's in place. It's no accident that God has you at this time and this place. He's going to continue to use you. There's incredible opportunities that lie ahead. Now, Michelle and I are going to stay away for a little while so a transi uh, transition can take place. But this is our church home, and we love you all. And I thank you for the opportunity of a lifetime to serve. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, again, we just thank you for who you are, for what you continue to do. I, I just pray that you would uh, continue to work through, through Hilltop and give each person a vision, individually and collectively, of how you want them to serve. I pray that um, people would just understand that they've been forgiven and empowered and gifted and that they might just show your faithful love to one another and to people who don't know you, because that's what you do. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope this message brought hope and encouragement towards seeking God and knowing His peace. If you would like prayer support, you can text us or call us at 775-984-8787. Next week, we will begin our new series in Acts titled Continuation. The dream is that Hilltop is a home for the growing family of God, and we are so glad that you are a part of the family.